Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Season six, I know for sure, there was an episode called Allegiance in one of those rock pits where the, the Tok'ra and the Jaffa got together for the first mm-hmm, time. Right. And season one and season two, that's a lot of years to go by where, where you've not you know shot anything together. Is And I've always wanted to ask you both, was there some kind of animosity or something, you know? Did one person want to keep the other one apart? Did you guys go to the producers and say, you know what, don't put any thick... Are you still trying to stir trouble? I'm not trying to stir trouble at all. I just genuinely... It was a loving, caring place. There were no behind-the-scenes animosities. Is he talking... He doesn't know. Well, did you uh, you mention... uh, Yeah, Tony was... uh, you know, he's going to replace me, I heard. And that was... Uh, no. No, yeah. No, seriously? No. Well... You're making that up. I really? No. I mean, uh, Tony came in. He needed s- to be replaced. He had my new apartment. He had I everything. Did. I said, what, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, I had yeah. his connection. I had the whole thing. What connection? Connection. You know, the stuff. Under, oh, oh, sink. Oh, oh, thank you. Medicine. Uh, yeah, my medicine. Your yeah. Medicine. And this is why you guys weren't in the same episodes for four years? Look at these faces. Look at... Look, do you think... There's one episode up until the structure of season six that could contain this beauty. Oh! Huh? Yeah, you think so? Look at this. I like this guy. I now. mean, even though he's got a replace. Not only are we actors, we are key lights. Yeah. What's a key light? I wasn't going to say anything, but I don't know what that means either. <laughs> you don't know what a key light means? Oh. What are you doing interviewing us? Oh, a key light? A key light. A key light. Oh. You know, you're in the light right now. Oh, you see, you still were, yeah. but now you're not. Just block them all. No, I, I, uh, I had worked with Tony prior to that. No, once was enough. We were in the same acting class. Yeah. He graduated. I didn't. Oh. Yeah, I was remedial. Oh well, I didn't exist yet. <laughs> you got your masters in theater arts. I do have my masters. I don't have fine any. arts. Damn, I don't have yeah. any stinking masters. I don't, want, in I don't need any stinking masters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen, Jaffa, Tokra, Cree. Yeah. Cree. What the hell does Cree mean? It means a lot of things. No, I know. It's it's Jaffa. Just listen up. Jaffa slang. Yoo-hoo. I'm more, of, a, uh, I'm more of an evolved uh, humanitarian. Yeah. I'm not. Jaffas are, you know. Jaffas are cool. Jaffas are kind of... Yeah. Some, you know, Jaffas are cool, and 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 Jaffa are sort of. I mean, you, you know, I don't think Jaffas are cool. I'm telling you, wait, 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 wait that on. damn thing you wore in your yeah. head. All the we're time. the we're, cool we're the wild people. We are yeah, out of nature. Say, you guys yeah, are so yeah. serene. We're we're very evolved and very beyond. I wonder if they even have yeah. sex. These guys, you know, oh, they, they didn't sex. hide in caves. I know. You you think? Yeah. I always was wondering what was my under all that calf skin. <laughs> <laughs> A sweaty body. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 20 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. It means a great deal to me to have you with us. In this episode, we are taking a step back, uh, 10 years, in fact, to May the 30th of 2010, when Mr. Carmen Argenziano was still with us, Jacob Carter and Selmac of Stargate SG-1. This man was one of my favorite human beings, and his loss was tremendous. In May of 2010, he and I were guests along with uh, Diana Botsford, one of the uh, uh, writers of the Stargate SG-1 novels, in Atlanta, Georgia at uh, TimeGate Con. And I was approached by Mr. Alan uh, Seiler, who was uh, one of the programming coordinators, and I think one of the founders, if I'm not mistaken, of the uh, convention. He was a big Stargate fan, and he wanted to have uh, a Gate World presence there. And I said, I'll love to be there on one condition. I get to interview Carmen. And we spent 45 minutes together. And I've had this DVD sitting in my closet for 
10 years and it was every intent of GateWorld uh, to, to publish it. Uh, one thing led to another and we, we didn't manage to get it out. Um, and then Carmen died. And we started going through a lot of the old content and it was like, well, for this new show, for Dial the Gate, what do we want to do? And, you know, like like a sarcophagus, we wanted to uh, resurrect him for an hour. This is a never-before-seen interview, except if you were in that room in Atlanta, you saw it. I am frustrated with the audio quality. There is a hum of the recording. I do apologize for that. I've tried to minimize some of it in post, uh, but we're going to uh, present this content with you as well. I take Armin, uh, Carmen through some initial questions, and then we show some clips of the episodes as well. And we're going to see how this uh, strings itself along. This is uh, a very going to be a very unique interview because it was 10 years before this show was built. So I appreciate uh, you coming by and uh, walking down memory lane with us for this episode. And I do appreciate your patience. Before we start that, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you clicked the like button. It makes a huge difference with YouTube's algorithm and is going to help the show grow its audience. And please also consider sharing the video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my text notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live, and clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Let's go back in time, May 30th, 2010, to an interview between myself and Carmen Argenziano. I must thank Time Gate for uh, making this interview with Carmen possible. Uh, we have interviewed you twice, neither of them by me. That sucks. <laughs> so, pleasure and honor to be interviewed by you. This is a, a very impressive young man, and, uh, a young genius, and an old actor. So we're gonna have this interview. Interviewed 150 of you guys, Whoa. and over seven years, and never used. And Darren and I were were competing. We we said you were at Creation three years ago, and uh, at the beginning of the event, we go through the guest list and say, okay, he'll do him, I'll do him, and that's that's how it works. And we got down to you, and it was just like who gets there first. <laughs> so I went downstairs to interview someone. I went upstairs, found the two of you on the balcony, and I was like, damn, I missed the boat. So I went out there and listened, and you guys were out on the balcony, and I missed it. So now you're mine. Where was creation? Where, where was that? Was 07. That was some spring of 07, Vancouver. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's your body of work is more extensive than I ever imagined that it that it would be. I I didn't want to just talk about Jacob Carter. I wanted to talk about like. Because you are not just Jacob Carter. I mean, most of us recognize you as that. So I went to your IMDb, and I was like, there's no way that I'm going to ever be able to scratch the surface with you. You have done so much stuff. I mean, do you look back on your life and, and say, man, this has been awesome? <laughs> and say, man, some of the stuff that I did, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am deep, deep in the. Uh, Credibility that I never, never dreamed of. It's, it's amazing that uh, two or three pages of um, uh, what do they get? I mean, it's so detailed and specific, and things that I've never seen. <laughs> and little rolls that seem so terribly insignificant. And you, you, you roll through IMDb, and it keeps going and going and going. To, wow, that's 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 really impressive. It's like 170 different projects that you work on that was listed there. And that doesn't include your theater work. No, no, so. no. And it, it kind of, fortunately, all adds up to a career. Uh, it's, in retrospect, it's amazing because I was explaining that at one convention uh, or, or recently that I, I don't know what the average is, but, uh, you know, it, it's much less than a baseball average. Uh, three for ten. You don't get three for ten auditions. If you did, you'd be... Uh, Extremely uh, successful. Maybe you get one at 12, you know, 15, and for every credit on IMDb, there's 12 rejections. 
So if you do the math and you you, <laughs> you see, you know, well, it's part of a, an actor's life sojourn is, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a, a occupational hazard or, or, or an unpleasant thing, but it's what we do. I mean, uh, you, you get a little thick skin. You stop taking auditions so personally that you uh, uh, look at it uh, as a creative experience, and you have fun, and you work on it, and you, uh, you do your thing. But uh, yeah, uh, as I said, you know, um, prior to IMDb, so much of the work, uh, you know, just would have gone unchronicled. So I, I'm, I'm so grateful that at least I can look or my kids can see that their old man uh, did something with his life, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, all those credits uh, I worked for, and uh, very few of them were, were given to me. And, uh, and yeah, I got a little credibility from uh, IMDb, yeah. yeah. Was Jacob given to you? Or was he no, Jacob, Jacob I, uh, I had to audition for, along with uh, some really, really good actors. Uh, I was talking about that last night. Uh, I remember Charles Chiaffi and uh, Ed Lauder and uh, a few other actors. There was about 10 actors. And I was explaining last night that uh, Mary Jo Slater casted, and that's uh, Christian Slater's mom. You know, she's still a, a casting director in Los Angeles. And uh, she brought us in, and uh, we all uh, went on tape. And I'm sure they sent the tape up to uh, Vancouver. And I uh, just forgot it, forgot about it, as you do so many auditions. Mostly uh, after auditions, the, the hindsight and the uh, Monday morning quarterbacking sets in. You say, oh, why did I do that? I could have done that. I could have. And you beat yourself up for about a day, and then you get another audition, and you beat yourself up again for not having done what you, what you thought necessary to get the job. But uh, I was pleased with that one. And in a few days, uh, my agent called and said, congratulations, you're going to uh, Vancouver. And uh, I said, great. And, uh, you know, uh, no, no, thinking that I was only going to do one episode, but it turned out to be, uh, God, how many years? Seven, six years? Eight years. Eight years? Eight years? No, 15, 20 episodes, I think. Yeah, about 24 episodes in a month. Uh, about three or four a year, or something like that. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, you went in for secrets. You didn't go in for Toker 1 and 2? Because they were like pretty much right next to each other, just one yeah, or two episodes yeah. in between. Well, when I went in for Secrets, uh, when I got off the plane, the, you know, the, the, the transportation took me to the studio, and uh, Jonathan Glasner and uh, Brad Wright explained that, listen, uh, these, this is gonna go on for a few more episodes, you have an arc here. Uh, we've decided uh, that you know Jacob Carter survives cancer, and this and that, so that's great. And he said, so we just want to know, uh, you know, that's okay with you? And I said, yeah, I can work that out. And, uh, and uh, we did sequence, and uh, Amanda, you know, uh, was so sweet because I, I hadn't worked in a few months, and I was a little nervous, a little couple lines. And, uh, and she was so wonderfully supportive, just initially. We, we kind of had a, a, a some sort of affinity, some sort of uh, just... Appreciation. There was a spark, and uh, she got me through it, and then uh, a nice relationship developed. And uh, I think I went—I don't know how long after Secrets Tokra Two was. One or two episodes later. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was done chronologically. I think so. So I went back pretty soon after that, and I started uh, my 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 little Vancouver experience with the uh, story. Well, let's have a look. Oh, sure. <laughs> You must be disappointed. Any idea why the president canceled? Well, I'm your witness tonight. Prison couldn't adjust his schedule. We had time to go around. General Hammond's going to present us with the medals of the credits back in the basement. Well, it's the only that matters. Whether I can be there or not. Dad. I have cancer, Sam. I'm 
I was hoping to stick around long enough to see you become an astronaut. Sweetheart, I don't care what it is you do in that mountain. Nothing in the world can live up to the chance of actually going to space. Not for you. It's something you've wanted your whole life. And I admit it. I want to see you fulfill your life's dreams before I die. But it's my dream. Doesn't that make it up to me? Fathers have dreams, too. Anticipating what, how the, what the other actors are going to do, so I can come in with a different angle. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, you can pretty much tell the quality of a script through in the first five pages. You know, uh, you, you know if the writing's good or not. And usually, in episodic stuff, it's already kind of tested and proved. And uh, most of the episodic stuff is is very well written and by professionals and by staff and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I look for the humanity, I, I, I look for the, the, the core, the, the inside, uh, I look for what this character is uh, presenting to the world, and what the cover, what his cover is, what's beneath it. I look for, I like to peel a couple layers off and, and not give the obvious interpretation. Uh, I like contrast. I like uh, I, I like uh, giving it a different twist and a different angle. That uh, that always makes it more interesting. And uh, you know, the audition process is, is is kind of tough because so many actors. Uh, should I memorize it? Should I just go in and read it cold? I mean, should I? You have to get familiar with the script and everything. But sometimes, if you memorize it in a very short period of time. Most of the focus and energy is spent in recalling the words as opposed to being the character. And uh, it's important to, uh, and I'm getting back to auditions as opposed to the quality of the script, but you know, as I get older, I feel that most of what I read, read now, I, 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 I have some sort of connection with. And as opposed to when I was younger, I would always envision another actor for some reason being able to do the role better than myself. Uh, but thank God that's changed. <laughs> but as a young man, there's so many things you go up for, uh, maybe because of my name or, or, or whatever, typecasting and going up for all sorts of uh, Mid-Eastern people and uh, uh, you know Latino people and this and that, which I really don't have any connection with. Uh, uh, you know, I was a little 
born in uh, mid-America, very Americanized. And that was always a challenge for me. Uh, I didn't have the best ear in the world as far as accents and everything. But I would train, I would try, try to give it my best shot. But so often you go in those rooms knowing that um, I'm not really right for this character. But you, you, you have to give it a shot anyway. So, well, I'm pretty sure you've done OK. Yeah. <laughs> all, is, all is well. Um, are there any characters that you won't play? Like characters that, that lack redemption? I, I know that you look at, at a character on, on a page and, and there's sometimes, there's got to be where there's, there's just nothing to this character. I mean, this is exactly what it is, it is and that's it. You have to find who the character is. Do you, does the character have to be interesting in order for you to play it? Or is it sometimes just, I need to pay the rent this month, uh -huh. so let's, let's do that one. So. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, it, it, you know, it's the actor's responsibility to, to make the character interesting. So many characters are so one-dimensional and so obvious, but uh, I think my first teacher, Lee Strasberg, says you, you, you cannot condescend to a character and you cannot dislike a character. You, you have to find some humanity in, in the worst kind of serial killer, some, some part of his humanness, some part of why he became such a monster, why he is what he is. You yeah, just can't a play for it. a villainous, you know, mustachio twisting, you know, <laughs> uh, cliche of a bad person. Uh, otherwise, it just doesn't uh, doesn't register with people. You have to you have to find some even you know, what Tony Hopkins or whatever did with Adolf Hitler. Uh, you, you you gotta somehow find something about him that's that's human. Yeah. But there's a risk of losing yourself in the process, depending on how close yeah. you are to the... Yeah, you know, actors can take themselves so seriously. <laughs> so boring, and, you know, just snap out of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. What, are you going to shoot me or something? Uh, you know, when, when, when it's all said and done, when you've done the work, you know, come back to reality and uh, be a human being again, you know? But it, it does, when you're working on a character, like in a play for a while, uh, you certainly get shadings of that character that you, you see them interfering in your life and your relationship with your, with your kids and with your personal relationships, uh, because you're, you're, you, are, uh, you are exploring uh, why he reacts or why he is what he is. And, and usually, especially with stage plays, you, you construct a whole biography of the character that kind of intertwines with your own life. And actors are great observers. You know, actors, one of the things I love about acting is that I, I, I love being a fly on the wall and just watching people and not being observed myself. And, and, and even just their body language and their eyes and what they're doing is more important to me than, than what they're actually saying because I, I, um, I, I just, Ever since I was a kid, maybe that's one of the reasons I, 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 I went into acting. I was so fascinated with, with, with just watching people and how we're so different yet so much the same. And, uh, and that, that, that really intrigued me. It really intrigued me. And it also intrigued me that I was somewhat of a, an introverted kid. Uh, I wanted so much to be uh, more expressive and a little stronger and a little more secure and comfortable in my own skin. And, uh, there are a ton of introverts who are actors. Yeah. It, it's their outlet. Yes, yeah, very good. Expression. Very, very true. Montgomery Cliff, so many great actors were so introverted and so sensitive and uh, had a very difficult time. Uh, we're just more comfortable on stage or in front of a camera for some reason. It could be much more expressive. It could explore all that stuff that they uh, have so, uh, pent up inside of them. I, I have, uh, as an actor, uh, I was, you know, I could rage scenes and anger scenes and uh, being an authority figure, which uh, in life uh, I, I wasn't very good at. I was somewhat, uh, you know, somewhat, as I say, quiet and uh, uh, introverted. But uh, as an actor, I could open up and be free and just uh, enjoy myself. Jacob never allowed you to do that. That, that guy never lost his temper. Uh, I'm thinking about it. I don't think he ever lost it. He's always oh, he was always military and controlled. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But there was a wonderful quiet authority about Jacob <laughs> that I, that I loved. Uh, 
and uh, but Jacob was uh, yeah he was a general and he was in control of his emotions all the time I never let his emotions get carried away with him. and we were discussing this last night that uh, Selmak was a, a great counterpart to that because uh, I, I think Selmak was uh, was Jacob's bridge to a, kind of a universal awareness of a God awareness uh, that Jacob didn't have because of uh, you know all the the, the military training the uh, uh, what he what he did as a human being uh, had no room for that kind of uh, compassion and uh, humanitarian uh, inclusive kind of feeling because he was a, he was a warrior. And Selmak was kind of more of a, a spiritual warrior, and I enjoyed the, uh, that duality so much, uh, just playing back and forth on that. I just always looked at Selmak as kind of a philosopher. Um, he uh, was an observer of humanity. Well, well let's watch the, the birth of the, this relationship. Okay. She's from the English theater and Canadian theater, and she was lovely. She was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, get, you get this symbiote, and now there's a duality inside of, of Carter, which I, you know, frankly, was hoping that we'd see it explore a little bit more. We, we get that in second. I want to play that clip in a moment. Yeah. You know, these, these two are not the same people, but they become part of the same yes. body. Yes. They have to find a way to work. Yes. And this is obviously something that they worked out after a while. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, as you say, I wish the theme could have been explored more, but it's a classic theme that goes back in literature for years about the, the duality in all of us. Uh, and uh, you know, being a bit schizophrenic myself, I had my trouble playing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful theme for, uh, you know, for, uh, at the risk of sounding redundant, it's 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 the extreme. It's a character that uh, uh, is taught uh, somehow through life or through a spiritual awareness that there's a whole other side of existence that he 
isn't aware of, and there's a prejudice and a bias that's that's working against him. That if he just opened up and saw the world and uh, understood and appreciated and had some compassion, it changes your life. I mean, uh, it, it changes your whole perception of life, uh, uh, you know, how your mind reacts, uh, how you uh, how you deal with life, how you deal with adversity, how you deal with who you think is an enemy uh, or. Anything in life, if you just try to understand it and, uh, and deal with it, uh, uh, you you react so differently. And, uh, you can actually transcend and become part of a, a higher uh, awareness. You know, this this race—it's hard to remember. It's hard to think that way since it's been 12 years now. But we didn't trust these people at that at that point. You know, we were we were trying to form a relationship with them. Ghoul were on the way. They were the ghoul as far as we were So they had the exactly, yeah, the Tokra yeah. were exactly the same physiology. We thought that they were just screwing around with us, you know, when they were saying, oh, yes, we, we share host and, and body are the, the same. And, um, but yeah, he was our emissary. He was our ambassador. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And there was a lot of concern because of all the military secrets and awareness he had. Yeah. Now the Tokra have all of them, yeah, too. Right. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's wonderful. It's 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 uh, possibly uh, uh, th there's a parallel with uh, the, the the world and uh, and and uh, the goal being possibly uh, uh, I, you know uh, forgive yeah, me Muslim it. extremists yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 what's good and what's bad and where we're going and. Uh, and who, who we should align ourselves with, and what we, what, what should we try to, uh, what knowledge, what awareness, what peace, what what can we offer? I mean, I, I thought of the Beatles and what their message was with Selmac, and what uh, uh, you know, altruism, and what, what, what's right in this world, and what's not right in this world, and uh, and the the ignorance, the ignorance and the prejudice, and, and how we grow up with some sort of uh, chauvinistic. Uh, uh, Impression of, of of our country, of uh, of our sex, of, of uh, that distinction, that them or us distinction, which is very troubling, and it's getting more troubling as the world uh, goes on. Uh, and to somehow bring it all together, and, uh, and what John Lennon tried to say, and imagine, and uh, that's what Selmax trying to say to the world: Come on, uh, it's, uh, life is tough for everyone. Please. Uh, why, why do we have, feel we have to make it tougher for everyone uh, and and ourselves? You know, just because a symbiote, just because you're a symbiote and that you look like a ghoul doesn't mean that you are a ghoul. Doesn't mean you're bad. That's right. You know? That's right. So uh, don't judge on looks or impressions or color or, or whatever. Uh, uh, listen, be aware, and try to uh, include yourself. Yeah. This is one of my favorite episodes here yeah. for this. This scene. I love this. Yeah. Yes. It was I who crossed the assignment. Selmak. Nice to see you once again, Likewise. So let me ask you the same question. Your father has an unresolved issue here on the planet, and frankly, it's beginning to irritate me. <laughs> yes. Your father's a proud man. He refuses to see God's regard and amend their relationship. Yeah. Well, Mark isn't exactly rushing in my father's arms either. Even when we thought Dad was going to die, he wouldn't take my call. Then how's your father deeply able to send it to God and his dad right? Now, why would it hurt? As far as I was concerned, the kid wasn't my son anymore. It didn't hurt a bit. Dad, I have a number for Mark in San Diego. So? I just thought you might want to know. When was the last time you saw him? I haven't seen him since either of his kids were born. I guess he paints me with the same brush as he does you. Well, Selmak's pushing me to go mend some fences. Well, Selmak, this is wise as they say. I'll go with you when you want to do it. No, I didn't say I'd go. I just said Selmak's pushing it.
I um, his symbiote's inside of him, and and as soon as he gets control of his body again, he's like, what's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. denying what the other one yeah. just said. He knows he feels. Yeah. What a proud human being. <laughs> Because life becomes a little more objective, and uh, and all the pain and disappointments and all that stuff uh, you can uh, use in your work as an actor, as opposed to letting them, you know, embitter you in life and twist you around and make you cynical and everything. I think it's, it's acting has a great therapeutic value as far as getting through life. And, uh, well, we always say better out than in. Yes, you, it's you're free to do that in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't get ulcers and all messed up and everything. And uh, I even find that in life now, just expressing myself. Uh, and I express myself uh, even when I'm alone, uh, as far as uh, <laughs> letting out the rage and uh, all that stuff. Uh, I don't punch things, I punch walls sometimes, but I never punch people or animals. Very good. <laughs> I'll squeeze a fish sometime. <laughs> It's a receiver that will allow me to tap into the subspace network. We can keep tabs on Ball's fleet, see how their battle with the replicators is faring. We can also get up to the Minotaur intelligence reports from our agents in the field. You know, we could have used something like this a long time ago. The High Council never thought they could trust you with it. What changed their mind? Nothing. They don't know I took it. <laughs> <laughs> My relationship with the Council is still a little strained. It's not going to get any better if you keep stealing stuff. No complaints, I'll take anything I can get. Weapons, receivers, silverware. <laughs> There's a couple of things I'm going to talk about. The techno battle. You didn't do a whole lot of techno battle, but you did some of it. Did it ever yeah. just drive you nuts? Like, how yeah, do I we, say we, that? We, we, yeah, we talked about it. That, that's the poor Samantha. She, oh, she was very man. good at it. And I was saying this last night, that the less dialogue uh, 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 Richard had, the happier he was. So he would just, you say that, no, you say that, you say that. It's just, I mean, poor Samantha had the brunt of all that. But uh, I was saying last night, the techno babble really helped me just as an actor with uh, doing, uh, you know, regular dialogue. It made regular dialogue so much easier. It made, uh, long hallway walking scene. 
uh, around the dual ship. I yeah, think, again, those yeah. making those loops. Yeah, and I made one of those loops with Richard. We have a whole thing around a loop, and uh, everything went well until my last line. I just we're gonna wipe them out, Jack, all of them. Yeah, that's it. And I just deer in the headlights. I said, I just went black. So we did it again, and I got it. But it was all one take, so we had to get it down. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's a little frustrating and everything. But it, it's, it, it's it's it was great training. It, it was just great. Uh, a great exercise for uh, for for memorizing and for delivering and for uh, articulating and and using all that stuff. This is the, the, the other thing I love about this scene is that you know we saw in set that Selmak was influenced with Jacob. You know Selmak was probably not objecting to all of this. He seemed to be a, a being who had found a spot for humanity and kind of. He had to have agreed with Jacob that yeah, you know, human that they both trusted humanity more than the rest of the Topher did. That Selmak saw something in humanity through Jacob that none of the other Topher ever got. Yeah, they, they were so deceptive and untrusting, maybe because they were living underground for thousands of years. I guess that would make you a little cranky, you know. <laughs> but you know, I just got that impression of yeah. Selmak that he was like, you know what, I'm on board with humanity. Yeah, yeah. You know? the, the blending. Yeah, the, the, the blending in, uh, in true form. In, Enrich both of them somehow, exactly. uh, and uh, and I, I believe that to this day that a certain amount of blending and uh, uh, people coming together and uh, strengthens a, a lot. Uh, uh, you know, gives us a, a, a better, uh, possibly a better gene pool. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you see, we see what inbreeding does, uh, and uh, possibly just getting out of that. And, uh, Different races getting together and all that stuff might have a great, uh, uh, a great influence on um, humanity on this globe. Which episodes, looking back, do you dislike the most? Oh, I dislike the. Uh, I just was didn't like the one where um, I think it was a two-parter. They come, uh, they they rescue me out of hell or something. Joel memories in the devil, you know. Was it the weak. scenes, or I mean, you just didn't feel that the script was strong, or? Uh, I, I, it, was, it wasn't a bad script. I just, you know, we're so actors just look at their performance sometimes, and you know, it, 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 so much more could have been done with that, with, with that, and, uh, and it was uh, kind of a rush, rush. I had to go up there, and I didn't, wasn't really comfortable mm -hmm. with. Uh, it seemed somewhat. Uh, the dialogue was somewhat stilted, somewhat stiff, and, and if I could have just improvised a little bit or made it more real or, or something, or connected a little bit more with the character and with the actors, I think it would have been richer for me, but uh, it, it remains one of my least favorite for some reason. My favorite, I, I've got to say, uh, and it's not in, in, in any of these, Serpent's Venom with the mind was hysterical with just trying to, capturing the mind and reprogramming it and all the banter that everyone had Take the HUD, Jack. Take the yeah, 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 yeah. It's not so easy. Whoa! Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Cargo ship going everywhere. Yes, a whole yes, lot of yes, yes. That was. That was. Do you have that clip? I don't. No. Okay, well, I didn't. Okay. I was upstairs. I was going through okay, last night. Okay, that's But this is um, one of the more cumulative scenes from the show, right here, okay. from starting in Grace. I can't believe there's nothing you can do. They can remove that wall. In the last few years, you've almost perfected the process of saving the host. That process instantly kills the symbiote before it releases toxins. It's too late for that, Sam. I'm sorry. I hate to do this to you. But I should have been dead four years ago. Since then, I've been all over the galaxy. I've done things most men never dream of. I've never done before. I just want to know you're going to be happy. I am. Don't let rules stand in your way. What are you talking about? You joined the Air Force because of me. I love my Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
engaged to Pete at this point, and he's trying to get there. I'm not a Sam Joshua. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, she's, he's trying to say, yes. you know, so, get with the man that you love. That's father's biggest fear. Just settling for something less than your, your dreams and what you want, or settling for something in life, you know? Or being so busy with work. Or being so that she doesn't attain the true happiness. I mean, she's happy. I, I buy that she's happy. She's yeah. happy staying busy. Yeah. You know, I am happy staying busy. Yeah. You're missing the greater point. Yeah. Says I. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a wonderful. What, what, was it Joseph Conrad, the hero with a thousand faces? Yeah. Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell, forgive me, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, just about. Follow your bliss, following your dreams. I mean, not, not settling for for, for something uh, uh, because it, it's it's convenient or it's it's comfortable or something. Not depriving yourself of a tremendous future or a tremendous life because you're you're, you're something stopping you. Or you're afraid of something or you you're, you're unsure of, 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 of something. It's it's it's. Life is a constant process of uh, trying to be the very best you can and, and trying to fulfill uh, whatever your, your, your vision or your concept of what your destiny is. It's not, it's not stopping, it's not settling, it's not, it's not compromising, it's not capitulating. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a battle, but it's a noble battle. So it's it's uh, exciting, it's Don Quixote, it's, it's being something, following you know, the oneness of the dream. And uh, being the very best you can be, and, and trying to raise the bar for trying to really assist you them being people and being in the now and doing the best you can and uh, and uh, being the best person you can be. And the ultimate journey. some sort of seed, some sort of personal connection with whatever the character is experiencing and then just melding it into the character's intentions or the character's reality. And she does that just naturally. So a lot of actors just have that instinctive gift and that's why they register so well on screen. It's, 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 it's honest yeah. and it's truthful and it's not real. representing an emotion, it's a real emotion. Yeah. So Stargate's done good for you. Yeah, it's the best character, you know, probably the most attention of any character I've ever played. and. Uh, and it was a wonderful journey, you know. Uh, in retrospect, uh, you always see how it could have been better or more improved, or you could have brought more to uh, the play. But, uh, in life, we, we feel that way a lot. But in retrospect, about you know what we could have done, should have done, would have done, the opportunities we passed up to, you know, liking ourselves a little more. And uh, but uh, regrets are a part of life. And uh, fortunately, if you can live with them, and if they're uh, you know, thank God, you know, 
I don't think any of us here killed anybody or did anything terribly, terribly wrong. Or if we did, we did it in self-defense. So we can live with our conscience. <laughs> we can sleep at night. It's wonderful to be able to sleep at night and know that you, you gave it your best shot, you know? And you weren't uh, destructive, negative, forcing other people's lives. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for watching this episode, this retrospective interview with, with Carmen. And thanks to uh, Alan Seiler for making the opportunity possible at TimeGateCon in Atlanta in 2010. Uh, we've got uh, another guest for you lined up today, Joseph Malazzi, the uh, writer and executive producer of Stargate SG-1, Atlantis, and Universe. We are going through season four of the series of SG-1 and also going through his writing process. You can get an idea of the the assembly line that went into an episode. So that's coming up shortly. I appreciate you sticking around for these shows. My name is David Reed. We will see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>